Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky, and I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Friday, November 25th. My goodness, one month till Christmas. Today's Black Friday is what they call it in business world. A lot of specials and deals being gone. People out shopping and getting ready for Christmas. And we just finished up Thanksgiving yesterday. Amen. And we, we thank God. I'm telling you, we ought to give him thanks and praise for so many blessings. Well, I preached a message throughout this week, Monday through yesterday through Thursday entitled, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, thinking about what Jesus did for us on Calvary. And I think that's appropriate right here at Thanksgiving time. And so today I'm going to start up another message that we will carry over the weekend and We'll continue the message on Monday and Tuesday of next week uh, on the same subject, really. And I've titled this, Why Did Jesus Suffer and Die? Why did he suffer and die? Well, we know he did it for me. He did it for you. He did it for the Father. He did always those things which pleased the Father. Amen. And so I trust this will be a blessing to you. And before I go there... I do want to take this opportunity about you coming to be with us this weekend and our services on the Lord's Day. We'll be having church services Sunday morning and Sunday night. We'll be announcing that at the end of the broadcast as well. But love to have you come and be a part of those services with us here at the Island Ford Baptist Church located at 1415 Island Ford Road in Madisonville, Kentucky. And as I said, we'd love to have you come and be part of those services with us, Lord willing, I'll be preaching both services, morning and night. And so if you can, come and be with us in those services. I've got a couple of good songs queued up right here before the message. I've got one by my mother, Ann Shepherd, singing one entitled, Jesus is Precious. That's a good Thanksgiving thought. And then secondly, I've got my mother-in-law, Mary Johnson, singing one entitled, Bubbling. And we ought to be bubbling over with joy because of what Jesus did for us. All right, if you will be looking in the scripture, we're beginning a message today from Isaiah 53. We will not complete this message. It's not a one-day message. It's actually a three-day sermon as we will break it up over the next three days. We're beginning today looking at Isaiah 53, reading these first 12 verses, the whole chapter, and then looking really at verses 3 and 4 primarily, I'm bringing a message entitled, Why Did Jesus Suffer and Die? And so I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Adam Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. If you will, turn in your Bible to Isaiah chapter number 53. Today I'm going to look primarily at verse number 4, but I want to start with verse number 1. We'll read the whole chapter. I think it'll be... Uh, relevant and helpful for us to do that. But the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 1, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. 
Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Amen. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Well, we can stop right there and say, thank God, God is satisfied. Amen. Satisfied with the death of his son. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. That's reading the entire chapter of Isaiah chapter 53. Well, this is no doubt talking about the Lord Jesus. Now, one amazing thing is, is that this was written at least 700 years before he was born. God knew what Christ was going to go through. God planned it. God purposed it. And God prophesied it. He let us know exactly what the Lord was going to go through for us. It's interesting to me as well that the Jews, modern day Judaism, the rabbis tell their people not to read Isaiah 53. It is a, uh, it is a restricted chapter. They tell them not to read it because it'll get them confused. It might make them think that the Messiah has already come. And being rejected. Well, it might make them think that. Because Messiah has already come. And has been rejected. Amen. But thank God for those that receive Him. He came unto His own. His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Amen. Even to them that believed on His name. Amen. And so I'm glad that He is being accepted by some and received by some. Well, I preached three sermons, I believe, on verse number one. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Just dealing with the fact how that it is almost universal that people have rejected the preaching of the Word of God, rejected the, the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. So interesting to me that, for example, uh, people say, you know, they, they, they don't believe that Jesus is alive. They say He's dead. You know, He's he, they killed him 2,000 years ago. He's dead and in the grave. Now, they believe Elvis is still alive somewhere. Bruce Lee's still alive somewhere. And John F. Kennedy's still alive somewhere. It's amazing they, they believe that a lot of these stars and well-known people are alive after their death when in reality they're dead. 
But our Lord Jesus did die, and yet He rose again the third day. Amen. And He's alive forevermore. Amen. Because He is more than a man. He's the Son of God. He's the Son of Man. Amen. Uh, he's, he's God incarnate. God in flesh. And thank God that He is. Amen. And last week I entitled my message, The Audacity of Unbelief. And I liken it to the book that Barack Obama wrote back in the 2000s uh, entitled The Audacity of Hope. And what he was talking about was how that people have the capacity to hope when there seems to be no reason to hope. But I, I look at it, it's amazing to me that people have the capacity to disbelieve. When it would appear to me that there's no logical reason not to believe the story of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I could just say a whole lot of things about that. Matter of fact, Brother Tolley preached yesterday. He titled his message, The Miracle of Jesus. And he just went through the life of Jesus, but he made several statements. He said, did you know that Jesus in the flesh never traveled more than 200 miles from where he was born? He never wrote a book. He never ruled a large group of people, a state or a nation or something along those lines. He never did a lot of the things that people would say make a man great, and yet his life, that one solitary life, has influenced people decades and centuries down the line, has influenced people, not, not, just, not just counting his salvation, his eternal influence, but just the fact that Jesus has influenced all of society. Amen. In one way or another. It'd be, it's illogical to me that a man or woman or boy or girl would disbelieve the gospel, but it just proves to us the darkness of a man's heart, the depravity of man's soul. Amen. I want to think some more on that thought this this morning, if I can, and deal with this this thought, picking up from there. I, this is my title. Why did Jesus suffer and die? Why did Jesus suffer and die? He, verse number four, that's what it deals with. Surely he hath borne our griefs. And carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Verses before that, talking about being a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, could have been talking about his life. The life that I, that our Lord lived was a lowly life. It was a humbled life. And I dealt with that last week. It was a life that was around people that were suffering, around people that were poor, around people that were in need, people that were in bondage. Our Lord lived in that frame of mind and that state of being and, and was acquainted with that. But verse number four is not talking about his life. It's talking about his crucifixion. It's talking about his death. It's talking about the fact that he took our place on Calvary's tree. That's what it's talking about. Amen. And so I got to thinking about Why did Jesus suffer and die? What did He do that caused Him to go there? I realized that He laid His life down. I understand that. He was not overcome by the Romans or overcome by the Jews. Amen. He laid His life down. No man took His life from Him. They could not have taken His life from Him. Amen. And yet He laid it down. i got three points I want to deal with this morning by the help of the Lord that I think about in, in this verse. They're all contained right in this verse. The first part of verse number 4. Surely He hath borne our griefs, I underline the word griefs, and carried our sorrows, underline the word sorrows. The first point that would need to be mentioned and recognized is that sin always brings griefs. Multiple griefs. Amen. 
when you type out the word grief in a uh, in the computer, it tries to change that because it does. There's not plural griefs. They say grieves, but there is more than one grief, and it's in our King James Bible. That's the way it is. There's more than one grief. There's more than one sorrow. But sin always brings that. Amen. Amen. He talks about our Lord in verse number 3. He's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He mentions that again. Amen. And so he, he talks about the sadness and the sorrowfulness that was there. They These verses before depict the gospel message having been rejected. They mention that our Savior has been rejected. They picture to us how that depraved humanity has such a darkened heart. And not able to see. But this verse, verse number 4, brightens that somewhat. It's got bad news about mankind. But good news that there's a Savior that's come. Amen. There's a sacrifice that's been nailed to the tree. Amen. And that's exciting news for you and I. Amen. I think about Abraham with his son Isaac. Genesis 22, Joshua used it in Sunday school a few weeks back. And... Isaac was condemned. God said to Abraham, He said, I want you to offer up thy son, thine only son, Isaac. Not that God wanted a human sacrifice, but He was testing Abraham in His love for him. And it wasn't for God to figure it out. It was for Abraham to see how much he really loved God. For us to see how much he really loved God. How much Abraham really believed God. Amen. And so Abraham goes up that mountain with Isaac. You know the story. Isaac's got the wood on his back. Abraham's got the knife and he's got the, the wood. The wood on Isaac's back, the, the knife and the fire in Abraham's hand. And as they're going up that mountain, Isaac notices they don't have a ram. And Isaac says, where's the ram or the lamb? And Abraham, by faith, said, God shall provide himself a lamb. Amen. God's going to provide one. That's a statement of faith. And he was looking forward to that. But when they get up on that mountain, no ram in sight, no lamb there. Abraham's going to do what God told him to do. He puts Isaac on the altar. I personally believe Isaac was willing to do that. Isaac laid there knowing Isaac's trusting his father and Isaac's trusting God. Amen. And he lays there and Abraham puts the wood in order, puts Isaac up there. And he draws back with the knife and the angel of the Lord stopped Abraham and spoke to Abraham and and. Pointed, by the way, that there's a ram caught in the thicket. You think how excited that Isaac was that there's a sacrifice in the thicket. Somebody to take his place. I'm telling you, good news for me and you that there's somebody on the cross that took our place. Amen. There was somebody else that came up the other side of the mountain. Amen. That was pure and holy and righteous and did no sin. Amen. But he's willing to die for your sin and mine. Amen. What good news, it brightens the story here that there's a sacrifice for sin. Jesus has died for us. Jesus has suffered for us. He has taken our place. He's bore the shame of sin as our substitute. However, this verse is also filled with grief and sorrow like the previous verses. Why is there so much grief and sorrow in the world even with a Savior on the cross. Why is there so much shame and grief and sadness and sorrow in a world that Christ has died for? Can I tell you? Sin. Sin is to blame. 
sin is to blame. To understand this verse, verse number 4, we might ought to look at the words. The words griefs and sorrows, I looked them up. They're Strong's number 2484 and number 4341. You look those up in the Hebrew part of your Strong's Concordance and they'll tell you the word griefs means malady, anxiety, or calamity. That's what griefs means. It's translated in the King James Bible as disease, grief, sick, or sickness. That word here, number 4341, the word translated sorrows, is defined as anguish or affliction. The King James Bible has translated it grief, pain, and sorrow. Now you know, if you know the Bible, that until man disobeyed God, until man sinned against God in the Garden of Eden, there was no sadness on the earth. There was no grief, no curse, no shame, no sorrow on the earth. Amen. But since that fall, since that sin, death has come. The curse has come. Sadness has come. Satan promised Eve that she would have all her desires satisfied. That she'd have all the wisdom that she wanted. Or she'd be happy. She'd be content. He promised her exaltation and praise perhaps from others. But she found out that Satan is a liar. He is a liar from the beginning. Let me tell you, he's not going to tell you the truth today. He lied to Eve then. He's lying to you now. Amen. The devil's a liar. In a political election year, there's a lot of lies being told, but none bigger than what the devil tells every day. There's no free lunch, by the way. I don't care what the politicians say. I don't care which side they're on. Somebody's got to pay for everything that's done. And it's probably not going to be them because they've not made their living so far by making money. Most of them made their living by taking money off of the people. Amen. I didn't mean to get on that, but that's right. They're, most of them are liars. Amen. But Satan was a liar. Eve found that out. And sin didn't bring her the contentment she thought. Sin didn't bring her the happiness she thought. Sin didn't bring her the exaltation and, and the exhilaration that she thought. Brought her sorrow. She buried her firstborn or her secondborn son. And her firstborn was the murderer. Buried son. She had to say goodbye to another son because of the sin. Can I say to you, sin never brings peace. No. Never brings those things that sin promises to bring. It always brings death and dumbness and despair and dirtiness and eventually damnation. That's what sin brings. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. As that concludes another week of radio broadcasting, we do hope you have a great weekend. I hope you'll be in the house of God on the Lord's Day. And I'd love to take this opportunity to invite you to come and be with us here at the Island Ford Baptist Church, located at 1415 Island Ford Road here in Madisonville, Kentucky. Our Sunday morning service, Sunday school starts up at 1015 a.m., and then the preaching time at 11.05 a.m. as well. Sunday evening service is at 6.30 p.m. Love to have you come and be part of those with us. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.